Hey everyone and welcome to The Art of Flourishing. My name is Lauren De Silva and today we are talking to Christiana. Christiana was born and raised in Mississippi and has been in love with words and stories since she learned to read at four years old. While she worked a responsible nine to five for years, she built her skills and knowledge in writing, self-publishing and business. As an introvert, she's always enjoyed reading quiet adventures with dynamic characters and actionable wisdom from experts. After becoming a full-time writer in 2021, she has created a community for others just like her, the Introverted Writers Club, which is a, which is a space where other writers can learn, grow, and connect with one another. Thank you so much for joining us today, Christiana. Thank you for having me. So um, for those of you listening, uh, Christiana is one of the contributing authors for On Earth As In Heaven, which is book three in the Art of Flourishing series. And Christiana was also one of our developmental editors. And so she was one of the incredible women who came together to support other authors in developing their stories. And so if you want to um, get to know her and her work, um, her fingerprints are all over this project. Um, but specifically, and that's what we're going to talk about today, um, you, we get to hear her story in um, On Earth As In Heaven, where she kind of unpacks, I believe, her journey from, oh, I have this dream, it's locked away in the closet somewhere, I'm going to go be a responsible grown-up, um, to hey, I deserve to give myself a chance to make this thing happen. Um, Christiana, could you tell us a little bit of your story? Like, give us some context to what you shared in the book. Um, how did you get from where you started in life to where you are today? Sure. Um, well, I don't go super, super back to the very beginning time when it all started. But I started um, with the idea that um, I liked writing and I liked storytelling, but I just didn't see people in real life, um, like normal people like me around me who are doing anything except for um, going to work at the local shipyard or going to work at banks or going to work in the medical field. So it didn't really seem like it was a real option. That's just something that certain people over there or in big places like New York did. Like it didn't seem like it was something that was actually anything I could really do beyond just um, kind of as, as a play thing. And um, as I started college and as I started getting serious about writing, you know, a real job, make money, be independent, all that good stuff, it really didn't seem like I had time to pursue the writing and keep doing that. Um, so what I had to do, or what I thought I had to do, was just, you know, give it up, go work in a cubicle, and maybe I'd pick it up later, years and years and years down the road when I had more time. Um, but I wasn't really happy. <laughs> I was actually really, really just bored and unsatisfied with what I was doing because I was just going to work and just coming home, and I didn't get to play in stories. I didn't get to create anything anymore. And my sister actually uh, put me on to a course that someone, her name's Martha, Martha Krejci, she created. 
she's basically like, what else are you doing with your life? <laughs> you might as well see what this woman's talking about and see if you can actually do something with the stories you used to share with me. So that's, mm. uh, that's a little bit of what um, went into the beginning of that. And fast forward two years, forward. three years, what's going on now? Fast forward, I have quit the cubicle job. <laughs> I am a published author. I've been published in two other collaborations, not including this one. I will be published in another collaboration in October. Um, I'm doing copywriting. I'm running blogs. I'm making a living telling stories and writing. <laughs> I'm doing the thing I want to do. I love it. Um, and okay, there's so many things I want to. Sh- like I, there's something that you said right at the beginning when you started sharing your story. It was like, people like me, where I come from, writing and storytelling is not a career path for us. Like, if there is an off ramp onto this highway that I'm on, the off ramp to being an author or storyteller is not on this highway. Like, we're not on this. We're not on the same map. Um, and I just like, I recently had a moment like that myself where I kind of looked back on the things that I've been up to over the past few years. And I, I can't, I think I may have been in conversation with someone about it. And I just remember saying like five years ago, I would never have ever dreamed that I could do something like this. Like it just like, yes, I did want to. And I'd always looked at people who were writers and authors and books and and storytellers and said, oh, man, that looks like so much fun. Or oh, wouldn't that be awesome? But then I just tucked that thought away and continued on with the things that I thought that I was allowed to do or the, you know, the options that were available to me. It just never it's like this thing in your mind and your thoughts that just it's not like you don't necessarily believe you are able to like you, that you don't like you, that I'm physically not talented enough to do this. It's more like, I just, I I don't see the pathway towards that or the door into that kind of life. Like, where is it? Or it's not, it's not, it's not one of the ones in yeah. front of me, you know? Um, like there's a, there's a gate and I don't even know how to get to the gate to get right. over there. Right, like it's on another continent or on another planet, like in a parallel universe, there's people know where to get to the gate or it just kind of finds you or something. I don't know. Um, Can you like, and then what I loved about your kind of contribution to On Earth As In Heaven, which is a little bit different to the other two books in that the other two books detail lived experiences and people saying, this is what happened to me this is what I learned about courage or this is what I learned about being human or this is what I learned about belonging through my experience. The On Earth as in Heaven book is a combination of those kinds of stories and this is what I think the future could be. So we're kind of future casting at the same time. And so like your story, I think could have very easily fit into the courage book too. I think it very easily could have been a story about what it means to belong to yourself, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's the first it's the first chapter in On Earth as in Heaven. Um, and I was wondering if you could kind of share with us, like, so you asked for it to be there. Why did you, why, why put it in that book? 
what what is the wisdom or the soul treasure that you're hoping people kind of extract from what you shared in the book? Um, for me, on earth as it is in heaven, I wanted it in there because a lot of people, they think that their gifts or their talents or their dreams that they have are wrong sometimes, or they think that they have to sacrifice those in order to live responsible lives and get responsible jobs and do safe, same things as everyone around them. But um, I've always heard that we weren't here just to go to work and come home. We weren't here just to get a job and then that's it. I believe that those dreams and those talents and those desires that were given, we were given those because we're supposed to do something with them. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian, we were given those things from God. God in heaven gave us these things so that we could use them, so we could manifest them here and now where we are. And there's there's a joy in using those gifts. There's a peace that comes from using those gifts. There's a purpose that comes from when you use those things. You're supposed to use them. So I wanted that to be in on earth as in heaven so that people could see and understand I'm using my gifts, my talents, my dreams, and I'm following what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing something with them. Mm-hmm. And if I find later down the road, you weren't actually supposed to do this. Well, I start that out by using them mm-hmm. and saying, oh, okay, I'm supposed to use this, but over here in this way or not in that way. But if I'm just not using them at all, then I never find out. Hmm. Yeah, that kind of makes me think about this like chronic fear of failure all of us have. Um, mm-hmm. And or maybe it's just like a, um, I mean, like just how we think that if we all, okay, this is what it is. This is my hypothesis. Okay. Our definition of success is so tiny and so narrow. And the box for what success looks like, the picture of what success looks like is so one-dimensional, right? That Mm -hmm. we, when the risks that we take don't pay off in the way that fits into that very neat category. And I'm thinking specifically of like fame and fortune. I didn't make a million dollars or whatever that number is for some of us and... I'm not like well-known and on a pedestal because of this thing that I did or this risk that I took. We kind of write it. Go ahead. What if you've made made 900,000 and 50,000 people know who you are? (laughs) Right. And like, what if we, and we write off the value of what we do or who we are because it has not met that criteria that like who made up that criteria and I one of the the things that I've been processing this year specifically and personally is like a risk that I took um professionally that felt like it didn't pay off the way that I wanted it to and the, the short story is that I walked walked away from an opportunity that was pretty awesome and yeah um hoping that I could kind of like create something else that would kind of do well financially, you know, gather a lot of people. And it just hasn't worked out that way. And in like 
processing that experience and also commiserating what I had been labeling like deep failure. A friend of mine was like, um, you should know that like I made my own brave choice because I watched you make yours. And I don't know where my family would be and I don't know where I would be had I not watched you do what you did which kind of gave me the courage that I needed to take my own brave step. And she's like, so like from that perspective, like could you reframe this risk that you took and see it as successful because it allowed for someone else to be brave in their own way? And I was like, oh, okay, well, Maybe I could do some re- like redefining of what you know success means to me, and I, I'm wondering like if you could speak to that just a little bit. Like when we're saying the dreams that are inside of you, or the things that you're passionate about, or the stuff that you have just always wanted to try, that it is very possible that those things were placed inside of you on purpose by a loving God who wants you to do something with them. Um, and we say, no, but it won't work because, you know, do you, can you speak to that at all? And like, you know, do you have any wisdom or encouragement or, you know, anything to share with someone who's going, Oh, but I don't think it's that valuable or that or worth the risk. Yeah. I definitely say that um, I also saw you make that brave step, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that's so awesome. Lauren is so, so cool. <laughs> um, if, if you're talking about what I think you're talking about. <laughs> I might be. <laughs> but if, if you're not, then you're so cool. Um, <laughs> let me see. Any wisdom I have to share for that? Yeah, the narrow definition of success that we limit ourselves in is, is very interesting because you define what success is for you. Like everyone gets to do that. That person over there next to you doesn't get to say, oh, no, you're not successful because mm-hmm. you only wrote one book. Uh, you have to write 10 books in order to be successful. <laughs> you don't, they don't get to decide that. You always get to decide that. You get to um, set your goals and work towards the thing and adjust and go with it as it comes. Like if you set a goal to write a thousand words every day, um, well, you know, sometimes it's not going to work that way. You have a life. You have other things to do. You might have kids. You might have a job. You're not a failure because you didn't write a thousand words a day every day. You might need to readjust your goal. Like, okay, I actually literally can, cannot get that much time <laughs> to get this done. I'm a slow typer. I have a 40-minute commute, I have to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to make realistic goals and you have to adjust them so that they actually work with your life. Um, and as for both of the other parts, um, <laughs> I've lost the train. train <laughs> lost the train spot there. Come back. <laughs> as for, um, I guess, Staying open to the idea, like, if you believe in God, and if you believe God made you, that he put things in you, he wouldn't put them there for no reason. 
he wouldn't put them there just so you could put them to the side. And it's like, oh, when you look at other people, when you look at their gifts and their talents, and you think they're so much better because they have gifts and talents and you're using them. You also have gifts and talents, but you put them in a box over there and you're not using them. You're, yours aren't like theirs, but yours are like yours, but you're just not using them. Mm. So if you feel that, then you need to you need to honor that and you need to follow that find out where it's leading you. Just don't always look at everyone else around you to be envious or to be jealous or be like, oh, well, I could never. No, no, you can. Mm -hmm. Not exactly like them. You can, and I think you're supposed to, and I think you're responsible for for using those. Mm -hmm. Um, In the Bible, New Testament, some of their paraphrase, you know, they get God, or in the story, men are given these certain talents, and some put them in the ground and bury them there, and others turn their two into four, the five into ten. Everyone has different amounts, everyone has different ones, but you are responsible for doing something with them other than putting them in the dirt. Mm. So, I think that relates to that here. Oh, I got shivers because, like, when you just said, like, in the dirt, you know, I saw, like, a funeral. And I just, like, when I've heard the story before, I've thought of, like, oh, just buried it in the dirt. Like, I would see, like, a squirrel put a a nut in the dirt. (laughs) Or, like, a kid Mm -hmm. bury something in the ground. But, like, when you just shared that, like, I, the the mental picture that came to my mind was, like, like, how we kill things by putting them, by burying them in the ground. Or, like, how we put dead things in the ground. And we, like, grieve for them and walk away from them and act like they don't exist anymore. And I think, like, thinking of the, the the story, the metaphor that you just shared in that way, like, it really helps us to see, like, maybe how serious us abandoning our creative gift really is. Um, and I had a question for you that I had not prepared for today, but it's coming okay. to mind. And I just, do you mind if I ask you something that's very off script? Yeah. Okay. Um. Can you share with me, first of all, have you, did you have to wrestle with God over your creative gift? I'm not, and I'm talking about like, did you ever have an experience or a faith wrestle or journey that wherein you had to kind of figure out that like God not only condones, but he celebrates your creativity. Am I making sense? Like, I, I think I'm asking from a personal place, but like, I just, I feel like we live in a culture that doesn't, that kind of trivializes the power of creativity. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. like puts a lot of emphasis on other gifts um, and, and celebrates really strongly other kinds of contributions. And so I'm just wondering if you could speak to that, like, how wrestling with yourself or with God over and like coming to a place where you're like, God condones and celebrates my creativity and uh, empowers it. Like, did you have a journey like that ever? Or is this, was it a no brainer for you? Oh no, I definitely struggled with that for a long time. Um, like, yeah, just because I can't lie, like I doesn't mean I'm supposed to do it. And then, and then it was a 
struggled for a while. Like, well, what am I actually allowed to write? Because I like, I also like writing fantasy and science fiction. You know, that stuff isn't real. Sometimes there's magic. <laughs> there's dragons and all these things. So, like, is, is, is that okay? Or is it only this? I only write about theology. <laughs> Yeah. Can I only write nonfiction? Can I only write about stuff in the Bible or things that relate to the Bible? So that that was a and that was a something that I had to like work through um, through periods and stages. Um, for me and how I process it, God made a lot of fantastic, weird, crazy, creative things that I don't even understand. <laughs> Like, I don't know if you've read, um, what is it? Is it Ecclesiastes? Yeah. Well. And he described, they described, uh, one guy sees angels and things <laughs> with all the eyes and the wings. Oh, yeah. Revelation, maybe? Well, and Ezekiel. He also had some pretty Ezekiel, wild, he some pretty wild stuff. Yes. Ezekiel and Revelation. It's like, I don't even understand what I just read. <laughs> but it sounds terrifying the man had to go lay down at the river for seven days <laughs> um so there's a lot of fantastic things that god speaks about in his word that we don't even understand so that had to be something that i realized okay if i'm not supposed to write about these things or write anything other than this plane god's going to show me that he'll he'll let me know um but right now, I'm not. I'm not feeling that that's something that's forbidden to me or something that I can't do. That might be different for someone else. They might have a different conviction in how they live and what they do. But to me, that's okay. And to me, creating. I see people who are very creative in other ways, or they're creative in more ways that are appreciated. Like um, there's some people who can decorate very beautifully, or they can dress very beautifully, and that's that's great. Um, but I don't see a whole lot of people in my circle who create as a living mm. just to make just to make beautiful things or just to make things that encourage or entertain or um, educate people. And like I read a lot of theosis and he cares about things that are beautiful, things that we see and we perceive is beautiful or that we was those are just echoes and shadows of what we came from before right mm. so it's like if you see this as beautiful or you see this as creative or you see this as good it's because you remember from what you experienced before you arrived here this is just a, a remembrance of that mm -hmm. that you're seeing now um so yeah, it's taken a lot of mm. it's taken a lot of struggling and wrestling and reading C.S. Lewis <laughs> and reading the Bible and just um, huddling under my blanket and talking to God. Yeah, and I do this right. Yeah, is this okay? Yeah, and um, it's taken a lot of that. Yeah, I um, I I've been thinking a lot about how the first at least in Christian scripture, the first way that God introduces himself to us is as a creator and a risk taker um, for the sake of others. And yeah. 
when in doubt, I just think of that. <laughs> like, that's my, like, you know, like, you know, I mean, we all have the voices in our head. Um, sometimes they're super encouraging and like, yay, go me. Uh, other times they're very critical, negative, um, and mean, <laughs> you know, who do mm. you think you are, um, type stuff, or this will never work or no one ever makes a living doing this. And like mm -hmm. one of the things that I just go back to when I remember to, to interrupt that kind of thinking pattern or that thought process is like, wait, um, like God introduces himself to us as a creator and a risk taker. And he, and like things like what you just said, like we're made purposefully um, with the gifts that we have inside of us and to kind of allow our dreams and inspiration and creative ideas to die on the, I think, I mean, there's, it's one thing to let it die with us when we die, but I think it's another thing to let it die while we're still alive. <laughs> and yeah, like you never, yeah, never gave it a chance. To, like, never yeah, died. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I think one of the things that you do that is so powerful and such a gift to the world um, is that you've created a space for, well, introverts um, you know, who have a dream of writing, but I think just for people like you've created a space that you needed 10 years ago or 15 years ago, um, where like you could open people up to the possibility that they could put pen to paper or fingers to typewriter or not laptop, whatever keyboard, um, and like share their stories with the world. Um, that they could actually do something with the ideas that they have, which I think is really cool and really powerful. And I, I mean, you're, you're, you're passionate about storytelling, but I, what I loved about what you shared in On Earth as in Heaven is that um, I think anyone with any kind of dream or any kind of vision for the future or aspiration can take what they read in your story and go, okay, <laughs> yes. Like I need to do something with this and I need to dust it off and I need to start practicing or I need to, um, you know, putting myself out there um, and doing something with this because it matters and I matter and it matters that I do something with what I've been given. Yes, it matters so much. And then what you said about it being like, like a funeral, like you're burying it because it's because <laughs> it's dead you really do go through like a, a, a kind of emotional grieving when you don't when you don't use those things like mm -hmm. I know I did I was I had a lot of emotional <laughs> which I touch a little bit on in that book or in that story I think not as much in other places but you go through something when or you experience this kind of like loss or less than self, or less than you're supposed to be kind of feeling mm -hmm. when you don't, when you don't do these things, like when you don't let them live, they're supposed mm -hmm. to live, and you're, you're smothering them under the mm -hmm. dirt, you're just suffocating them. Oh, yeah. And um, I think you read, like, it, feelings buried alive never die. Oh, Yeah. Um, I think that might touch on some of that in there, just repressing and stifling things that are supposed to be out in the fresh air, breathing and living with you. Yes. You know, um, 
one of the things that I've come to notice about myself over the past six, six to ten, maybe maybe sixty months to a year, is um, I can make a, I can draw a straight line between anxiety episodes and creativity suppression, and. A lot of the times, like what I'm calling anxiety or an anxiety episode, even a panic attack, um, learning to sit with it, with that experience, which isn't easy. Um, and I'm not saying this is true for everyone. Uh, There's like disclaimer, disclaimer. Um, <laughs> but I've noticed, I've noticed that the more freedom I give to my creative nudges, the less anxious I feel or less anxiety I feel overall. And that mm-hmm. acute episodes are for me directly correlated to creativity that I'm suppressing. And like when I'm agitated and anxious and irritable, like that is a sign for me that I need to sit down with my painting set or sit down with my laptop or even if it's something on Canva, like just there's some kind of, creativity blockage happening that I need to just like get out um mm-hmm. and that usually clears it up so just wanted to like bear witness to what you just shared um <laughs> and like encourage people like to look into that kind of stuff um but we are just on time for this conversation but I want I don't want to let you go away without asking you what your favorite or go to soul gardening or flourishing practices? Like what can you contribute to our auto flourishing toolkit that you think everyone needs to know about? At least give it a shot. Like what is Christiana's go to flourishing practice? Uh, my go to, which I, I need to get back into more consistently again, is journaling. Definitely, mm. definitely. I mentioned that in the story. Um, journaling has been so helpful for me and just fixing my mindset from this very toxic, negative, dark space. Like, you know, you have voices in your head who are mean to you. Like, all I had was mean voices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all I had was mean voices, and I didn't realize it until I started journaling. And then I would read what I wrote. I'm like, wow, that not <laughs> yeah i am angry i am dark am i okay <laughs> i am not okay is this normal i don't think that's normal <laughs> so um really journaling helped me to see yeah you got some work to do girl you you need to you need to handle that. Mm. um and from there that helped me to become more um, growth mindset, more healing mindset to change and to create and do things. And then if you are creative and you need a creative outlet, journaling can be that for you as well. Just the putting the, the ink on the page and doodling, making ugly pictures and <laughs> junk journaling, even just that, that was very helpful for me. Um, and just expressing myself, expressing my emotions, my creativity in that way when I didn't mm. have easy outlets at the time. So definitely get a journal, a nice one that you'll actually use, yeah, but not I, too nice so I that love, you won't be afraid to write in it. 
I love that so much. Um, I recently read somewhere, uh, I think it was Julia Cameron, in one of her books about journaling. She calls it the morning pages. She mm -hmm. she spoke about it as being like a location, like a GPS, like the location finding device. And she's like, this will help you figure out exactly where you are and where you're starting. Um, and like one of the most important aspects to wayfinding or plotting a pathway or determining a you know like a like what route am I going to take to get to where I want to go she's like a lot of us know where we want to go but we have actually no idea where we are right now um and like it's that that's I my journaling practice or my morning pages practice is exactly what you just described like oh this is really dark or, oh, <laughs> I am very negative or very, un I'm ungrateful and like cynical. And I think, I think maybe this may be more of an obstacle or an impediment to where I want to be than what I think. Um, and I found exactly what you have just described and more. Um, so great practice, everybody. Take note. Um, Christiana, thank you so much for just connecting with me and chatting with me. Thank you for letting me go off script. Um, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for your creative gift that you have not buried or that you've unburied um, and are sharing with all of us. I, I know I speak for everyone involved in the project that we're so thankful that you are were part of the team that helped our authors unearth their story um, the, the listeners listening, you, you may or may not know this, but like a vast majority of the contributors on this project were not professional writers. They were just women with great stories. Um, and it's people like Christiana who helped them extract those stories and put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard in a way that what they were trying to share, the meaning of what they were trying to share, the meaning of the experiences was communicated so beautifully in the book. So I appreciate you. I loved working with you. Um, and just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing yourself with us in this way. You are welcome. And thank you so much. I'm smiling so big right now. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, I, I, I love I want to go I cry. love birth affirmation. Oh my goodness, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, take all of it, you deserve it. And um, anyone listening who would describe themselves the way Christiana described herself earlier, where I live, people don't make a living doing things like this, but it's something I've always wanted to do. I'm always passionate about stories. I'm an introvert, uh, you know, and I just, I don't know where to start. I would highly recommend uh, Christiana's community on Facebook. Um, let me just get the exact, the Introverted Writers Club. Um, all her links will be here uh, on the on the podcast page, but uh, connect with her and she's awesome. Have a wonderful day, friend. Thank you, you do. Happy weekend. <laughs> Happy weekend. I'll see you. Bye. Right, bye. -bye. This 
has been a Rogue Media Network production.